Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, ladies, we have a fun treat for you today. We are chatting with Sonia Morton Firth. She hosts her own YouTube show, podcast, so make sure you check that out. But basically what I've been learning is entrepreneur, speaker, transformational coach, physique athlete, someone who I think our audience is going to love because (laughs) sounds like you're someone that went from like high corporate sales, city girl, all that kind of stuff to total transformation. It it looks like you said at 40, you decided you wanted to start training and competing and physique competitions and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like the basis and thesis of this whole podcast is going to be about transformation (laughs) and making those decisions and how to go for it, which anyone who knows me knows I feel like I'm totally in a transformation phase of my life right now. So I have my pen and my notebook ready to just take in everything you have to say. So thanks for taking time to be with us, Sonia. Thank you. Thank you for having me as a guest on your show. It's always been nice being on the other side of the interview as well. Yeah, it's it's lovely to be here. And yeah, I'm all the way in London and you guys are in in the States. So uh, thank you. Yes. And we're excited because, you know, the whole transformation, again, what Aaron had said, you know, really it's the premise of our podcast is really to instill that transformation, right? To equip women with the knowledge, the tools, the resource, education to really become their best, most confident selves. And and I know that we're going to learn a lot from you and really how and where that starts. And I think you're going to dive right in because it all starts within. So let's, let's hear, you know, kind of a bit about you and your story and kind of where you're at, but yet let's go deep into how you got there. And that's, you know, the nuggets that we want to give back to our listeners, because when we look at transformation, we can look at a before and an after, but it's never the end that after it's the constant evolution of the transformation and that process that of becoming. And so I'm excited to hear more about you and your story and just everything you want to share with our audience. Rachel, thank you for that. And um, you're absolutely spot on. This transformation journey that, that I'm on, certainly, and I think if anyone is listening, it's not it's not a quick process. And actually, it's one that potentially never ends, I think. Um, and the more you dig deep into yourself, the more layers of the onion that you unpeel, the more you understand and get to know yourself, then the true transformation really starts to begin. And I think that's, if if I may start at the age of 40, because that's really when I woke up, if you like, that's when I truly felt like that little penny dropped and the rest of my life started. And it was a bit of a cliche, life begins at 40. And it could happen at any age to anybody. You know, I'm not sitting there saying it definitely starts at that age, but for me, it did. I was working, I was, you know, I was deemed very successful, typical corporate woman in a man, very much in a man's world. I worked here in the city of London, traveled a lot around Europe and to the US. I was in New York pretty much every six weeks and deemed very successful, whatever success means. And it was that day that I woke up and, you know, I'd, I'd won all these awards for best sales person. I was financially, I was in a great place. But something just didn't feel right inside. And I just woke up thinking, is this all to life? And I don't get me wrong, I'm not, I was very grateful for where I got to in my life. 
But I just felt like there was more than going to going to this nine to five job, um, as I say, to work for the man, quote unquote, the man. And basically, I was giving my life to somebody else. And I wasn't living by my true values. And I think this is this is this is a really important point here that, that I, I'd like to make if anyone's listening. What life are you living? Are you living your true life by your values? And what I mean by that is, are you doing things that you love to do, that you're passionate about, that fills your soul? Or are you actually conforming to somebody else's dream, to your parents' dream, to society's dream, to what we see on social media? Just ask yourself those questions. And I woke up at the age of 40 and it wasn't quite like that. It took me six months for me to resign and decide. And I really thought, right, I'm going to go. I didn't have another job to go to, but I just wanted to figure out more for myself. So I retrained them. My passion at the time and still is, was health and fitness. So I retrained as a personal trainer. I then set up my own business in women's gym wear, fashion brand. I launched a fashion brand, which is, sounds nuts. It was probably one of the hardest things I'd ever done. And it was 24 seven. And I gave everything to it. And again, this was another reinvention because, again, a, a couple of years later, I didn't know where I was. And although I really don't believe that there are any failures in life, I think when you push yourself out of your comfort zone, you expose yourself to what other people may say fail, but it's not failure. If you don't try, you're, you don't know. So I tried this. For me, it wasn't the right thing. Um, I lost my relationship. I was so stressed. I was working 24-7. I'd put a lot of money, my own money that I'd saved into the business. Um, and so eventually I, I woke up again a couple of years later and I sold my shares in that business. And I looked back and thought that was a great learning curve. Certainly a great learning curve where I can now help entrepreneurs. All the mistakes, all the things that we did, did wrong in that business, I can help and talk to others about it. Because sometimes learning from where you went wrong is more powerful than going where you actually, you know, where you went right. But at that stage, I decided to enter my first bodybuilding competition at the age of 44. Again, reinvention. And as, as I said, I was always passionate about health and fitness. I had been, uh, I'd retrained as a personal trainer. I'd studied nutrition. And I'd seen these women that were modeling our gym wear and these fantastic physiques. And I just thought, wow, if they can get there, surely I must be able to get there, right? Um, don't, and I'm, I'm a great believer of never letting the words you can't do something stop you. And, you know, my in my mind was like, oh, don't be silly. Your body isn't that great. You're never going to be able to do that. You can't be a bodybuilder. And it was a little bit of a challenge for me. And I wanted to take on board that challenge. So, yeah, so so I, I competed in a couple of physique competitions at the age of 44, which opened my eyes to a completely different world. Um, and, and then I studied the personal development world as well. So I, I, I retrained as an executive coach and I help people with their mindset and help them um, go on and, and do amazing things. Um, and, and as you say, Rachel, transformation for me is the key. And actually knowing that it doesn't matter how old you are, you can do whatever you want. There, it's never too late to change or it's never too late 
to follow your dreams and your passion. I hope that sort of ends. I've just literally garbled on. I hope that sort of answered the question. Oh, absolutely. It, it's, a, it's such a powerful story because you're right. Transformation doesn't have a stop point. It doesn't have a start point. It's any time that you choose that you want to step into something bigger, greater, or more. And I think that that comes at any age. I mean, we can go down the list of like how many, you know, like people who start their dreams at 80. Colonel Sanders. Right. I mean, it, it <laughs> doesn't matter what age you are. And it's, it's, it's your calling when you realize that you stopped living for yourself and you are wanting more in life. But at what cost are you sacrificing your hopes, dreams, desires, and everything that you've called, you've been called for, for the sake of others? So I think I want to ask you how that kind of affected some relationships, because I think, you know, for many women, we play small at the sake of losing others. And we don't want to lose that and ruffle feathers and losing our business, our security, our relationships, whatever that may look like. So how did that transformation? I know it was messy at beginning, right? So how does that give us some tips on that? Absolutely. Um, and, and you're so right. You know, when when you transform at different stages of your life, the people around you aren't necessarily transforming at the same time. And, and like you say, it can can be messy, it can be difficult, and, and you can and you can lose relationships. I mean, my, my transformation from city career woman was like a loss of identity for me because that's all I'd ever known. That's all I'd ever been. That's what people labeled me as. We all give each other labels, which is, um, you, you know, can be difficult and you can give yourself that label. And I'd given myself that label as well. So when I came out of that work environment, I suddenly didn't know who I was anymore. And all the people that I had had in my life were either work colleagues, people that I knew, my social life was all, you know, people going for a drink after work or whatever. And it was all revolved around the corporate environment. And suddenly when you're basically saying, I don't want any more of this environment anymore, you lose a lot of your, your friends. And I basically had to form a new set of friends. And I do believe the people you surround yourself can really lift you. And they can unfortunately also bring you down. And it's something that you should be really, really aware of. Now, unfortunately, we can't all go changing our family. So it's not necessarily our friends that bring us down. Sometimes it is is our family. I was lucky my family were, were very supportive, although they didn't understand it. They were like, wow, what are you doing giving up this amazing job, this career this is what you've worked for. This is what you went to school for, to university for. Why are you giving it all up? They thought I was nuts. And th there is a point you have to say, no, it's my life. It's not your life. I love you and all the rest of it. But I am walking this, this path on, on my own and I love your support. Um, if you're not getting that support, I would say find a community or a group that can give you that support. Um, and, and, and it's quite easy now to find those groups to support what we're, we're lucky now. We've got the Internet. Obviously, there are social media groups, depending on what you're into. I found a lot of my community in the personal growth um, area. So I was naturally sort of moving towards people again on my sort of wavelength that were looking to improve their mindset looking to sort of stretch themselves out of the boundaries, out of what I call the black box of society, questioning things. You know, it's, for me, 
questioning things is so important. So yeah, I think surrounding yourself with the right people, Rachel, you were spot on when you said that it can be messy, but it is very important that you have that support. Don't, you know, it is difficult to do this on your own, particularly if you're going out to be an entrepreneur and you're giving up your corporate life. It's a lonely life anyway. You know, I'm not, there's no point in, in putting sugar coating on this. It can be a lonely life. So find the support, find the network, whether that's Zoom networks, you know, there's loads of Zoom networks. I'm sure there is in the States as well. You know, obviously it's a bit more difficult to get out and meet people. We've just been through a whole you know, a life-changing experience with with COVID where we haven't been able to meet face-to-face. But thanks to technology, we are able to sort of keep together and and there are people that can support you. I hope that sort of helped anybody. Absolutely, absolutely. So what what kind of tips or advice would you give somebody who's kind of stuck in that middle and they're, they're, they're in the middle and they can't really see the light at the end of the tunnel and like really what they're going for, but yet they're just following their soul's calling. But yet there's a part of them says, well, if I return back to where I was, at least it's comfortable. It's it's where what I know. There's a uh, sense of control. So what what words of encouragement would you tell that woman who's kind of just stuck in the middle looking in both directions? Like, what do I do? Yeah, absolutely. Rachel. And I and I've been there. So, you know, if you're going through this. I can, I can totally resonate. I went through that exact stage myself and you've got to acknowledge it. You know, this is, this is a difficult, you've chosen a difficult path. You basically said no to normality or no to society and you're going down your own route. So first of all, I'd say congratulations. You've just made the hard step. The hard step is taking action. And, you know, we can all think about doing things, but taking action is actually the, the sort of the proof in the pudding, taking that first step forward. So what I would say to you is have the vision, have the the actual vision, be really clear on what it is you want. And don't get overly upset or worried or controlling about how you're necessarily going to get there. Now, that's hard. That is so hard. And when I say this to people, they say, but but I want to know, I want to know how am I going to get there? Just take one foot in front of the other. And I would say, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day. All of the, this is so true. If you've got the vision and you're determined, make, you will make it happen. It will happen, but you've just got to take the small steps. Because if you get bogged down in the big, the end goal, and you're trying to get there, you'll start, that's when you'll start feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressed, not understanding. If you're in that that place and and you do feel like, oh my gosh, where am I going? What am I doing? Just come back to the vision and just keep coming back to the vision. And I would say just keep filling your day with things that you love doing, you know, that bring you joy, that bring you that, that good, that lovely feeling inside. Because when you're in that place, then you'll be in the right place to make the decisions. When you're in a place of overwhelm and stress, that's when you're not in the best place to make decisions at all. And you're probably more likely to make wrong decisions. So just keep calm, have the the big picture in mind, but don't get bogged down in how you're actually going to get to the end goal. Just take one step in front of another. And believe you me, the opportunities will approach just, just recognize those opportunities and they will come forward if you've got that big vision. Amazing. And it's so true because we got to stay focused on the vision 
And it's, it's so important to have a vision because as we know, without a vision, we perish, right? Like we don't have, we don't have something we're moving towards. So that, that keeps us rooted and stuck and stagnant. And that's where we can get in inside our heads. And we know if we're in our heads, oh, nothing good comes out of that, right? Absolutely. And that's why I say, you know, and you can be in your head about how you're going to get there. And that's too much in the head. You've got to trust a little bit that this is going to happen. You've got to trust a little bit, which is the hard part for all of us, um, that opportunities will arise. And just remember, you've got to climb each of the stairs to get there, which means if you've climbed a step and you have to take a step back, because you know what? Things in life happen that we don't plan. No one plans for what, what's happening in the world at the moment. But at least if you've taken those steps, you can always get back to that position and go back up the steps again. If you miss out the steps, that's when it becomes more difficult because you can't take that massive leap. So just remember, each step is a good thing. Take the steps forward, just one step at a time. And when life throws you a curveball, which it most likely will do, because let's face it, that things like this do happen, you'll be in a better place to receive that. Right. Just swing away at the curveballs. <laughs> um, no, I love the fluidity because I think that's so true because I know there's so many things in a lot of our lives that so we can only connect the dots looking back, right? So we've all been somewhere where we're like, thank God that happened, but it maybe took a different turn. <laughs> Than what we went. And at that time, it felt overwhelming, scary, not part of the plan. But we don't know the plan, the whole plan before we take those steps sometimes. So you just have to keep doing it. But I would say too, what, what I know, like you started at this at 40 and then you like woke up one day and you're like, I'm going to change the shit out of everything and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to compete and all this kind of stuff. And I imagine getting into like the fitness area um, at 44, I know that they have different like age groups these days too, but I would imagine that a lot of that comparison probably to like the younger 22 year olds and that kind of stuff. And even right now, I know our listeners can't see, but Sonia is flawless. I'm talking like <laughs> makeup, hair, earrings, like she looks like a freaking supermodel. Oh and my I'm God, like, Erin, thank you so much. I will take that compliment, accept it and say, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And I'm like, I got bananas from my child's breakfast on my t-shirt and crazy hair. So I'm just saying, my point is, is people can't always see people where they're at. And so it's like, that's easy to like, look at people like, oh, they started this, whatever. And understanding that someone started five years ago or whatever, like we're all coming to the starting line differently. So I don't know if you went through that or not, I guess, in the fitness I, area. I, like, went, I absolutely did. And, and when I was standing on stage, funnily enough, that there are the oldest category is 35. And, and I, I, I went into an open category. So I was standing on stage with uh, women in their 20s. I was obviously I was 44 in my first competition and 46 in my next competition. And yeah, of course, you know, it's so hard not to compare yourself. And, 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 and here's, a t here's one big life lesson that I am relearning, and it's a difficult one. You should never, ever compare yourself to somebody else. You should never compare yourself to, to somebody else. The only person that you should ever compare yourself to is, is yourself. And unfortunately, today, we live in a, a, in, a, in a world, in a social media world, of constant comparisons, of constant Instagram models. And, um, you know, especially where I was going into this com competition, it was constant pictures. And obviously I, I had to follow it because you are competing. So you are looking at that. And it was, and it is so difficult to 
be brought down. And I think especially, I'm going to say especially for a woman, um, there is a lot of women that are body conscious and actually can be too body conscious um, in terms of obsessive. And unfortunately, I don't think social media has helped at all. And, and we've got to realize the pictures that we are seeing are not real. They're filtered. They're, they're, they're not reality. And, and also, it's like we all have our beauty inside us and outside. We're all beautiful in different ways. And just because one girl looks beautiful in one way doesn't matter and doesn't mean that just because somebody else isn't maybe outwardly beautiful in what society is saying is beautiful that they haven't got their own beautiful inner gifts and things so I would just say never compare yourself you don't know what somebody else is going through you don't know what filters being used either for a start and that was one thing I guess the competition side was more something I wanted to do for myself and prove to myself I don't necessarily think it's a healthy thing to do uh, in terms of, you know, body disfigurement and body dysmorphia. So I'm certainly not saying, hey, girls, go out there and compete. Absolutely not. Do it if you want to do it. Do it for you. But it's certainly not for everyone. That's for sure. Absolutely. And and I'm curious because I, you and I are very similar. I mean, I feel like we're, we're like soul sisters here. So also competitor myself and uh, just going through that whole journey and just experiencing just the whole transformation from within. So I'm curious to know when you first started your competition, where were you as far as looking from it from a physical perspective versus when you started doing the inner work, your mind, your mental, emotional, your spiritual being kind of those four, those three other pillars to the four counterparts of fitness what drastically changed in your life? Because I, I know for women and even myself, when I first started my competitions back in 2012, I was looking at it from a vanity perspective. I wanted to look a certain way because I thought if my physique resembled what was ideal, perfect, and normal and acceptable, then therefore I would be valued, worthy, and I would be enough. It was it was just the whole flip. And so coming through my fitness journey, coming back smarter and training in a proper way and just really getting the whole inner fitness done, the physical became that byproduct. The physical no longer became the number one goal. So I'm curious to know if you experienced something similar to that and kind of talk about the physical no longer being the focal point. Wow, Rachel, first of all, congratulations. I can see your uh, awards in the background now and people on, on, on watching this, but I can see that I didn't know either. So um you're absolutely right again what you said I I did it and it's and it's hard you know you 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 admit it to yourself I did it for pure vanity reasons well I did it more that I needed I felt like I wanted to prove it to myself because unfortunately I did have and and, and, and have always suffered to a certain extent with body dysmorphia in terms of, I I didn't like my body I really didn't like my body and um, I, I, and I am using it in the past tense. I didn't like my body. And I thought by putting myself through this and then competing that maybe I would le- learn to love my body. So actually, it was the physical that, that I started that process with. And I, the mind came afterwards. And, and actually, it's, it's com- you absolutely have to do the mind piece. Because if you don't do the mind piece and you just get 
caught up in the physical side of it, that's when it gets dangerous and that's when you can go down the whole whole body dysmorphia. And there are a lot of people that, that do compete um, that unfortunately do become very obsessive with it. And, it and, and Rachel, I'm sure you know this, it is difficult for them. So the mindset is absolutely key. And when you actually realize um, and when you learn to love your body, because actually that's that's the key. It's, it's learning to love yourself or parts of yourself. It, it doesn't matter what you look like. It's, it's loving every single part of you. And you know what? We've all got good and bad. No one of us is all good all the time. We've all got good and bad. And you've got you've to love the bad traits as well as the good traits. You've got to own them all and love them all. And that goes for your body as well. So I, I think you're absolutely spot on with... The physical is, you know, in terms of health reasons, the physical, you know, obviously there, there are physical benefits, medical benefits to keeping fit, not to the stage of getting onto comp- competition at all. That's, that's a sport that's very different. But I did go down the route because I, it was, it was a, it was a way of me coping with my dislike for my body. And I now know that and, you know, over and it takes years you can't just wake up one day and love yourself you absolutely can't because we've all been programmed to, to really not love ourselves at some point in our life usually as children we have had that knocked out of us not deliberately but we've had that knocked out of us either by parents by um, school teachers by society around us has knocked some of that out it's not the majority of that. So we've also also got to learn to love ourselves again, and not just from a physical aspect, but from a ment- the whole thing, the whole package. Right. And it's so true because when you start that process and, and kind of going back to your analogy with the steps is that you, you take one step at a time. You take one meal at a time. You take one workout at a time. Everything is one at a time. And I think, again, when we look at a, at a, a transformation, we, we want to get through that pain point, that middle ground, that messy middle, and just get out of it as quick as possible. But the truth is, is when we try to expedite that journey, that transformation, even if you were to come out on that other side, your your mind and body are so disconnected that they're not going to work in the same process. And there's going to be the whole disconnect, the process. So your mind will still be where it was. Your body may be further along. But because of that disconnect, you'll never feel that sense of of worthiness or acceptance for your own being because we have to work slowly and steadily, trusting that process and working together. It's a whole mind-body alignment. Absolutely. You have to be in line, mind and body to to go forward and, and to transform. Like you say, it can be a slow process. I mean, I liken the transformation um, to a butterfly. You know, the butterfly, you go through that chrysalis process and you and, and then you'll open your beautiful wings and fly. But it is a messy process and you don't know what's going to come out the other side. You know, you've gone in as this caterpillar and then you're, you're cocooned and it, it's, it, it's so amazing what comes out, but you have to go through the work. And I mean that in a, in a, in a good way, because, you know, the work can be difficult. It can be painful, especially if you're going deep and un, un, unraveling. And, and it can be trauma from the past. It can be anything that, that's deep rooted within inside you. But if you can really go there, then the transformation is going to be so beautiful afterwards. 
And I'm, I just reached my, I just had my 50th birthday two weeks ago and I'm still transforming. I've got another 50 years and I'm still going to be transforming. That's for sure. Wow. Happy birthday. Thank you. When was it? So it was, you know, it was great. I, I spent it with my my family. Um, we, we haven't been able to see family for a long time. And now the rules are relaxing here. So it was great to actually spend some time with my family for my 50th. And then more recently, I had um, a, a sort of a, a party that I was able to with friends outside yeah. and all of the restrictions. But it was great. Fun. My birthday is June 17th. When's yours? Ah, mine's June 7th. A oh, I thought when you said I thought you said like two weeks ago. I was like, maybe we have the same birthday. Yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm still staring at the cards. I've still got all my fifty cards. <laughs> Wonderful. Good. It's it's funny because we're all June birthdays. So you're so seven, Rachel, seventeen oh, and twenty six. Oh 26. wow, it's a great month. Great month. It's a great month for people to be born. Yes. <laughs> and that's probably we're all connected here. We're we're totally drawn to your story and just. You know, we're we're all in the midst of our our own journeys, and we just have to give ourselves grace and trust the process, and just you know keep putting that foot in front of the other, having faith over fear, and just confidence over over comfort. Because like we have to embrace that like discomfort, right? And having that confidence and knowing that if we're able to get this far in our lives, then we can do more. We just have to keep that faith and keep plugging a lie and doing everything that we know we're called to do. And I love that you had said, you know, the how isn't in the middle. The how is figuring out in that presence. And I, I think for many women, we're again, focused so much on, on the, the future and the worry and the anxiety and the fears that come with it, or we get stuck in the past because again, it's complacency, it's, it's comfort, it's control, but being present is so hard because it's quieting our mind. It's getting, you know, uncomfortable. It's that messy middle and doing the deep inner work, which I mean, I, I know that you can agree. It's ugly. It's scary. It's painful. There's moments of that stuff, but it's like, we have to get through that to keep moving forward. So I love that you shared that. And if there's you know, I want to talk a little bit briefly about that, that messy middle for you. And if there was something that really came up for you that, you know, how did you really confront or move through it with the focus, knowing I have to do this to get to where I want to be? It, it was, I guess it was a, a question of two steps forward, one step back. Because I, I think you can go down the path and you think you're making really good progress potentially you're working on a particular point of yourself and it could be anything. It could be relation. I mean, relationships are a particular trigger for me. And then actually that's when a lot of my growth has come from um, because I think relationships can bring a lot of the stuff to the surface that you're feeling. Not for everybody, but it happens to be for me when I'm in a particular relationship, it can bring that stuff up. Now there's two choices you've got. You can run away from it and go, I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to keep myself busy. And that's the easy way to deal with it is to keep yourself busy and forget those. Or, which is the hardest thing, is to actually keep in that moment. And, and as you say, be very, very present and just ask yourself, wow, what, why are these feelings coming up? I mean, I, I do a lot of journaling, writing down what are these feelings about and just 
really trying to process the feeling. And, and what is this teaching me, actually? If you could always reframe, okay, what are these feelings? What has this relationship taught me? Because I do believe everybody, people are in your life for, for a reason. And you might think they're real whatevers and, you know, might not have been the greatest relationship, but, it, but it's taught you something. It absolutely has taught you something about yourself. And if you can learn from that, whatever it is, um, and you might be saying there, well, it was all his fault, all his fault, or, you know, it wasn't my fault. You've got to take responsibility and just acknowledge whatever happened wasn't anybody's fault as such. Reframe it. What has it taught you? So I'm, I'm a great believer in looking at every single thing that happens to you, even if it's an adversity or a challenge, and asking yourself, how can you learn from this? And it is sticky and it is hard. And so you're, you're usually upset and frustrated and sleepless nights. But if you can just keep going there, writing things down, and that's when you will slowly work through it. And, it, and, and as I say, it can be two steps forward as you think you're making progress. And then something happens and you take a step back and you're like, wow, Jesus, why did that happen? I thought I'd learned from this. Well, you know what? The universe is quite clever and usually chucks you something else. If you haven't learned the lesson, it'll keep throwing you things until you have learned the lesson. That's what I'm certainly learning. So just as you think you've done all the learning, something else will happen. You'll be like, wow, okay, I, I still needed to learn from that. Right. And that's so powerful. So, I mean, that's a great wisdom nugget right there is to know that whatever is happening in your life, knowing that it's working for you, it's not happening to you. When we look at the, it's happening to you, that becomes from a place of, of not accepting responsibility. And even though there, we can't control our circumstances, situations, our past, whatever that is, but we can control how we react and respond to the given circumstances and seeing, you know, what can I do today for myself to take responsibility to move forward the best I can with what I know. And so taking those lessons from our universe and the world and everything is happening and just constantly showing up and asking, what can I learn today? What can I do today differently than I did yesterday? And that takes you away from that anxiety and the worries of the future and also removes you from the past and, and holding on to that because it, all you have is the here and now today. And that's where the lessons and the blessings are. Absolutely, Rachel. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's walking away. It's taking responsibility and not being the victim. Um, and, and, and as you say, life for you you know when when I hear people say well this happened to me and it's like just reframe it reframe it and, and think well how can I have benefited from this situation because there's always a benefit you know that if you think things are bad there's always a good side you might not be able to see the good side in the moment um, especially if you're going through a, a particularly bad time but it will show itself eventually, whether that's that you're in a bad relationship and then you slip up and then you realize, wow, it's the best thing that happened to me because now I've met this new person. Or, you know, this has happened to me, um, but actually it's taught me I need to look at this side of my life. Um, just look at the benefits and try and figure out what it, what it is that, that it's teaching you. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much because this has been just a transformation journey right here, you know, talking about all... All the pieces of it, you know, our past, our present and our future and just really, you know, sharing that your story and just giving our listeners some tips and just inspiration, really, mostly to just keep moving forward and just knowing that where you are is not forever. And it's just we got to get through 
So just take one foot in front of the other and keep moving. So thank you so much. And I, I want to know, you know, if you want to share with the listeners how they can find you and just follow along with your journey. And do you have any other competitions coming up or how we can support you? We'd love to do that. Oh, Rachel, thank you. Um, well, look, this is, I, I love this chat. This has been like my, one of my favorite topics. I love, I love transforming mind and body. Um, and if your listeners want to, yeah, absolutely follow me. I've, I've got my own show. It's my name at the Sonia Morton Firth show. Um, I'm on YouTube. So um, my name's got a Y in it, Sonia Morton Firth. It's a bit of a mouthful. Um, You can find me on Instagram at the Sonia Morton Firth show, LinkedIn as well, and Facebook. It's all the same. It's my name with a show at the end of it. Um, And the next competition, or do you know what, Rachel? I'm thinking before in my 50th year, I should do something. Probably not this side of of Christmas, but I would love to, I'd like to do something next year, but still be in my 50s because I I was in my 50th year. So yeah, I am thinking about that. I am really contemplating that, yeah. Oh, we got to definitely follow you and just support you and just encourage you because Thank you. Thank competing you. is not easy, but it's it's uh, it's better when you have that support and community around you as well. So kudos to you. This is amazing. So thank you so much. And we look forward to following you. Oh, Rachel, Erin, thank you so much for giving me the space to, to have a beautiful conversation. And that's what this is all about. Right. So thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's The Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.